Hello, and welcome to Diz After Dark, a Disney podcast of grown-ups that's not the same as all the others. Each episode, we'll discuss the latest news from both inside and outside Disney parks and resorts, but with an adult twist. All views and opinions are our own, and listener discretion is advised. Please lower your safety restraints, as things may get bumpy. But if you're ready, we'll get started. Hello and welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick, as usual, and this week I am joined by uh, Mr. D. Howdy doody there. And we are joined by the returning Ryan. Good evening. Ah, how are you? You know what, this is the first podcast I've recorded in like four weeks. Yeah, but you recorded about eight weeks worth of podcasts before that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. A good thing. Um, straight off the bat, I'm going to apologise because I've just had an operation and um, it was on my nose, and so I feel it feels like I've got a bit of a cold. My, I sound like I've got a bit of a cold, and I'm going to try and not make too many noises down the microphone and, and everything. But it's just a, a pre-warning that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not my usual self tonight. So get that out of the way. And then I suppose we need to get on to the next big thing, of course, with this podcast, which is what is everybody drinking? I've been holding everyone up. So, Mr. D, what are you drinking? I am still on the gin and tonic. Uh, I got oh, a yes. can of gin and tonic. This is my last one, though. Oh, dear. So I better make it last. I should have gone to the supermarket on the way home, but forgot. Uh, other places to buy drinks mm. are, of course, available. And uh, Ryan, you've been away for a few weeks, so you've probably been drinking copious amounts of alcohol anyway, but what are you drinking? Yeah, and and for that reason, I'm on tea. Um, I actually fell asleep 40, about 45 minutes ago and was wow. woken up <laughs> by Donna, and that's partly down to jet lag and partly down to the fact that I'm on like almost a no-carb diet. So my body's just like shutting down after three weeks of all the carbs yeah. yeah american american diets are not not our friend are they absolutely That's... not so yeah i'm just on the good old-fashioned english english breakfast twinings uh, well um tony i'm gonna disappoint you um he declared me the king of rubicon the other day because that's become my drink of choice um, but while I've been a bit feeling a bit sorry for myself, I've uh, gone back to one of my old faithfuls. I've gone back to cherry, uh, sorry, to Pepsi Max. I almost said cherry Pepsi Max as such a force of habit, but I know that if I just get regular Pepsi Max, I can cut that habit quite quickly. But cherry Pepsi Max is a, a very dangerous slope, so I can't venture back there uh, just yet. That's for the benefit of my own my own good. Um, but we've got quite a bit to talk about this week i think so without further ado let's start as we do every week now with a bit of uh, news from the parks the dad disney parks news roundup is sponsored by wp magic journeys to find great prices for your next disney holiday as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations contact wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or wpmagicjourneys on social media. Mention Diz After Dark for a $25 off your deposit. It is the 
smart way to book your dream Disney holiday. And I've got a few bits, but has anybody got anything burning they want to get off their chest? I one of the things I wanted to talk about actually is Primeval World. <laughs> so did I. Go on. Oh, did you? Yeah. So it's apparently it's meant to be opening again um, during Christmas week and New Year's. And I mean, it's, I guess the first question is, what does everyone think of the ride? Because I absolutely love it. Um, I'll go first and say that it is one of a handful of attractions I've never done. Oh, really? I never did that, and I never did. Never done a tiki room. It was only <laughs> open on one trip, and we didn't go. I don't think we found it. I think that's why we didn't do it. We we didn't find it. Um, and the Country Bears Jamboree is another one. Oh, I've um, got something to say on that today. <laughs> well, I don't think um, I don't think there's there's many others that I haven't done at least once. But yeah, Primeval World was just one of those ones that I just looked at and I was just like, eh. So I've never done it. What about yourself, Mister D? Yeah, I've done it. it. I mean, it's it's a it's a bit of a laugh, um, it's, but it's in that Dino Land USA, so, so it does get accused of being a kind of bolt standard, the mouse type ride that Disney did on the cheap, which which I think it is, but um, it's it's still okay. It's the kind of thing that. If it's open, I'll go on it, but I won't queue for any more than twenty minutes. Twenty minutes maximum for 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 Primal World. I've um, I've just realised I've made a huge mistake um, in the habit of uh, people on Dis Twitter recently declaring themselves the royalty of uh, certain parts of of Disney parks. I declared myself the king of Dino Land USA because I thought no one's going to pick that. Um, How can you do that and not been on this? Uh, well, and that is why, Ryan, I'm now having second thoughts. I think I might have to give up my throne of three days <laughs> because uh, I don't think any any ruler of uh, of such a land should do so, having not been on its uh, its signature attraction. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to really think long and hard about uh, my reign as the king of Dino Land USA. Uh, I feel quite ashamed. Yeah, of I mean. Actually. All you've got to do is Andrew. Well, (laughs) I I mean, the reason I didn't go on Primeval World was because I was eating a pizza from a Pizza Express in Woking, Um, and uh, you can't prove otherwise. So, well, I mean, it's in the network, but you'll be pleased to hear that customer is always weird is doing Pizza Express Woking, Um, (laughs) and that that will be out next week (laughs) because we had to. It's got to be topical. It's got to yeah. be. Um, uh, American listeners, if you don't know about Pizza Express Woking, uh, drop me a DM. I'll fill you in. It's, uh, it's been quite a few days in this country. Um, but yeah. Hey, I mean, Nick, if, if you want to be king of Animal Kingdom, just record a really shit video of yourself in, in your bedroom um, proclaiming yourself to be the king and that's well, it. Well, see, I did, that's that's where I missed out, you see, because I didn't record a crappy video in my bedroom of me declaring myself the king of Dino Land USA. So you're probably right. right I probably could. Um, I probably could do that. Or if anyone could suggest um, a worse 
part of uh, a Disney theme park for me to be the king of, drop me uh, drop me a message. I'll uh, take anything on board. And uh, who knows? I could declare myself the king of a few of these things and record many crappy videos. Um, well, how about being demoted to king of Rafiki's Planet Watch? I mean, come on. I wouldn't even <laughs> wish that on Gary. Um, but... Uh, Going back to this, I mean, this is this seems to be the attraction that doesn't want to die. Because how many times, I mean, certainly, even before you were here, Ryan, the number of times that we've talked about this attraction and, oh, it's going to be making way for Zootopia, or it's, it's going to be making way for something else. And it just, and, and then it closes. And you think, oh, well, that's it then. It, that's not going to reopen. And then, like a zombie, it just comes back from the dead. But it does seem to be... It's very old. Yeah, but it it says uh, the attraction will open from December 22nd through the 31st and then the 1st to the 4th of January. So it's going to be open for just over two weeks. And it won't be for those wanting it to. It's not going to be operating during extra magic hours. So don't waste your time. Uh, getting up early uh, to go on that attraction because it won't be, it won't be there. Um, it's surprising that that one shuts so much, and and yet the Triceratops spin, which is basically just a knockoff Dumbo, is is open. Yeah, I think they've had they've had problems, haven't they? Because there's similar coasters around the world that have gone massively wrong this year. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think that they've been overly cautious around that. But I I do really enjoy this ride. You know, it, it doesn't really feel like a Disney ride. I think it's, for the type of ride that it is, I think it's decorated quite well. But it doesn't really feel like a Disney ride. That whole area of Dino Land mm-hmm. is just bonkers. It's yeah. It almost feels a bit universal in that there's people trying to get you to play crappy carnival games, which I think is, is one of the the worst parts of um and one of the the, the only real parts of universals i don't like so mm-hmm. that area of dinoland just seems like the only thing dinoland's got going for it is is probably dinosaur and, and restaurantosaurus which is a great name uh which is a great name and a great quick service it is. Yeah. Oh, it is a good quick service yeah i mean it just feels like I mean, I think that the Universal Com is a little harsh because to me, it just looks like all of the attractions there, other than Dinosaur, looks like one of those things that travels up to your local park and stays for a week and then gets loaded back up or folded back up and wheeled away to the next town. Um, you know, never as something that has looked so um, so un, unpermanent, uh, become permanent, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it is, you know, I'm looking at photos of it now and it, in a way, it reminds me a little bit of um, the flying carpets we've got over at Disneyland Paris. In the, just tucked away in the corner. We have just run out of money, but we need to put yeah. an attraction in. So let's mm. do it as cheaply as possible and let's not worry had, too much about the theming. They had something like this in uh, Disney's California Adventure, didn't they? And it was the same thing. They kind of ran out of money and they put a load of stuff in that was basically off-the-shelf rides that they just tarted up and Disney-fied. But mm. there, was, um, there was something pretty similar near Paradise Pier. It's gone now when they, re- when they reworked that park. But uh, same, same basic idea, like a kind of uh, wild mouse-type ride. Yeah. I mean, 
you know when you know most writers where they say if you have a back problem if you're pregnant you know if you've got any condition that might be aggravated you know i'm not a doctor don't take me as this is legal advice most of the time you can ignore it okay mm-hmm. but with this you really can't like you you even if you're perfectly healthy you're there's probably a 60 percent chance of you getting injured on this ride yeah that's pretty that's true we so took them on we took the, so much we took the in-laws yeah. to florida a while ago and the mother-in-law came off that one um injured i think there's like i think at the exit there's a bunch of lawyers hanging around like no win no fee lawyers <laughs> <laughs> they're not carnival games they're all lawyers yeah well if there's one thing i've learned from hanging about a ryan this year it's that he does love a ride that gives him uh an undue amount of pain so yeah i do i, I understand why you like this now so much yeah, but, I mean, this ride, but but this ride has caused um, Donna to actually cry because yes. it, it stopped all of a sudden in the middle of the like at the top to stop for no reason, and we hit, hit the the um, the restraint so hard that it, yeah, she actually cried. I mean, and in that instance, Disney could not give a damn. <laughs> Good work, Mills. They're so used to it on that ride. They're probably like, oh, <laughs> is she breathing? That's ah, fine. Yeah. She's uh, she's still got her limbs. It's all right. Um, it, it's just weird because the, the the suggestion is that after the fourth of January it will go down again until yeah. they announce it's reopening. It just seems. I mean, it can't. What's, what's the point of it sitting there? Well, it, it can't cost that much to run, right? Surely. No. I just don't. I don't. I don't get it. I really think the best thing they could do is announce a rethink of that whole area and just spend yeah. a bit of money on it. You know? I think if you take that ride out, you've got to you've got to change the whole area, haven't you? Yeah, that's kind of I mean, the, the biggest part of that land. Even dinosaur, I don't, I didn't really rate dinosaur very much. Um, I know a lot of people um, do. I think the I think the yeah. ride system itself is good. I just don't think the attraction. I went through it and it was really, really dark and I, I don't know, mm. I just had a bad experience. I could barely see anything. And um, Yeah, it's it's changed over the years because we, mm. we really like Dinosaur, but it, mm, when I we first so. rode it, it was pretty scary. It, yeah. you know, it was quite intense. And then particularly the bit where you get your photograph taken and then at the end when the, was it a Kalmator comes out of the smoke towards you, isn't that what uh, you get when you wear clothing too tight? A calmator. Is yeah. that a camel toe? Oh, right. So, sure. <laughs> it's a Close. different. Yeah. It's, yeah. They can both cause trouble, but <laughs> it's just, it, it, it's got a great pre show. Love the pre show. It's highly quotable. Mm. Um, yeah. And and it is a good ride. It was, there was a period where it was really dark. I don't think it's quite as bad now. Although there are they've added some cool effects to it over the last like three, four years. Yeah, yeah, they have, haven't they? Uh, the little, the little dinosaurs running across the top. There's still a couple mm. of naff ones like the yeah, where they show incoming, and you've got the uh, pterodactyl type thing. It's, oh, that just lights up. It's like the Yeti. Yeah, Ugh. it's in. Yeah, it's definitely in B mode. Uh, right. But it's it's still a good ride. But I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like mind a whole retheming of it. I mean. Mm-hmm. That land was created because they thought dinosaur was going to be this big hit for them, didn't they? Um, for a pu- load of publicity in it and open the land around this film coming out and the film kind of bombs. No one talks about well, it. Origi- 
Originally, it was Countdown to Extinction, and then that's right. Eisner yes. passed the dinosaur over it because mm. you know Synergy. IP equals win. Yeah, yeah, yeah they resumed it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I think, and, and they're going IP heavy, right? I mean, you know, we talked about Zootopia. That would that would be a good fit in there. I'm sure there's other things they could do. I, I just feel Indiana Jones. Obvious, you know that's that's the obvious one, isn't it? They've got the the right right technology, so I probably could yeah. do a version of it. Um, but yeah, I just I just feel you know just decide what you're going to do. Either leave it open or just get rid of the whole thing and just start again. It's twenty years, you know, well, twenty one years now. Animal Kingdom's been open. They've not really I mean, done anything since Pandora, and that took a long time to to arrive in the first instance. Just announce something new. Yeah, I mean, even if they keep Dinoland, you could get rid of Primeval World, Triceratops Spin, the whole carnival area, and actually put a yeah. really good attraction in that space. Yeah, yeah, because kids love dinosaurs. It's, yeah, it's a good theme. I mean, That's and also, really all the people at the moment on Twitter, they're you know they're obviously comment. I don't know if you've seen this, but they're commenting on when it basically whenever there's a mistake or a cast member doing something wrong, they're all over Twitter, plastered everywhere. There's been like sackings that have happened as a result mm. so all of this has been going on but yet dr seeker apparently has still got a job i mean how's that right <laughs> <laughs> what's you true. know what's going on yeah it's, it's, it's very true yeah I, I will going off topic slightly but this twist at the moment i believe that's what ben kenobi was talking about in a new hope when he talks about there being such a hive of uh, scum and villainy um yeah that that sums up this Twitter right now. I, I hate it. I'm I'm glad I'm so little involved in it in some ways. Like it annoys me because you know I you know I want to try and grow this podcast. We do good numbers for a Disney podcast, but we could always do better. And I feel that that's a good avenue of doing it. But it's so turgid out there that I'm kind of glad that I don't make too much noise. Because yeah, there are some real weirdos uh, on that, and just not very nice people. But anyway, I don't think any Disney podcast has ever spent so much time talking about Primeval World. So <laughs> we'll leave that there. Because I mean, literally after the fourth of January, we've got no idea what's going on. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if in a few months' time uh, there's anything else. Uh, but Mr. D, was there anything that's uh, taken your fancy you wanted to talk about? Uh, lots of. Lots of uh, publicity for uh, Rise of the Resistance. I don't know if you guys saw the United plane. It's all decked up. And then they've, yes. they've also decked up the um, the monorail at uh, MCO. Monorail. Um, monorail. Monorail. So it's, uh, I think that happened the day after I left, which is really annoying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. They're, go- they're going big on planes, right? Because they've got the Virgin uh, Atlantic Falcon, plane. Yeah. That's the Falcon. I know that's yeah. not Rise of Resistance, but I'm just talking like in general, they seem mm-hmm. to be doing a real thing on Star Wars and planes at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the anticipation is certainly building for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the short clips that I've seen of it, I mean, it does yeah. look incredible. It, it yeah. really does look like an incredible piece of work. Um, I wonder, you know, we've, we've talked about it before. I think there might be some... Um, some truth to the fact that the reason for the delayed opening is because of the storyline of the ride. Mm. Um, 
which is just a shame, really, because it could have really, you know, if that had opened in the summer, like Galaxy's Edge would have been a complete smash. Although people talk about the fact that this land hasn't been a runaway hit, but, you know, it gets it does get really busy at times. Mm. Quite a lot, actually. It was busy when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when me and Paul were there, you know, we'd looked at the weekend before and it, it didn't seem to be that busy. Um, and it was it was pretty damn packed. And, yeah. uh, you know, the only the only good thing is Smuggler's Run is a bit of a, a people eater. But yeah. even the queues for that are getting bigger, I've noticed. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know they've started doing some adverts for it now as well, Mr. D. Is that what you was alluding to as well? Yeah, yeah. So the so the little little trailers. I didn't know whether to watch them or not because I don't like watching spoiler type videos. But I did watch one, and it does look good. But it does give you a little bit of an idea of what the ride's going to be like. So spoiler alert. But yeah, it looks good. Really looking forward to seeing that. Gutted that uh, we missed it by a couple of months, but uh, gives us a reason for going back. Absolutely. I mean, it gives me a reason to go back. I won't be, but I really, I really am uh, looking forward to that. That's the thing, like because I know that I'm not going back anytime soon. I'm going to have to spoil that ride for myself because I just can't yeah. wait for me to go yeah. back. You know, if I was going back in a year, I'd, I'd go fair enough, but mm-hmm. it, that ain't happening. So therefore, I'm, I'm going to need to see the video as soon as uh, possible after I've yeah. seen the Rise of Skywalker, of course. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, yeah. The, uh, the interest in that is, is growing. And just on Galaxy, just a small bit of information, uh, and we won't talk too much about it on here because we know certain people aren't aware of it, but um, I did notice there's a Mandalorian Easter egg now in uh, Galaxy's Edge. Mm. So right. that's that's quite good. I think that's quite a nice thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know what? I really hope that, you know, we, we know there's going to be another trilogy of Star Wars films. I'd be completely fine if those Star Wars, if that next Star Wars trilogy evolved, revolved around Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. I think there's enough stories to tell there, for sure. Um, just just but, tie uh, in. Related to the Mandalorian, without yeah. spoilers, I met many of you have seen on Twitter that I've made a note of everyone spoiling that. And uh, I wasn't joking. I have made a list. And went after the... <laughs> After I've walked out of the midnight showing of Rise of Skywalker, all of you will be receiving messages from me. I will, look, mm. I will, ju- I will just say this on, on, on the subject, right? Um, you know, spoilers, I always think that there should be a little bit of time, right, before you openly discuss things on, on the internet. I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, saying, I've just watched this and it was amazing or whatever, but I think That's actually... Great spoilers i think there should be like at least a few days grace before you start openly doing it um there was somebody who uh we know who was was moaning the fact that uh, he thinks that um people shouldn't be talking about it until the end of march because that's when the mandalorian officially launches in in the uk when we get disney plus um i'm sorry but i think you're you're quite mental for thinking that mm. because just because we're not getting something doesn't mean that other people can't. If it bothers you that much, there's two things you can do. One, mute the word Mandalorian, and that way you won't see any tweets about it. Secondly, if it bothers you that much, go and watch it. It's what we're all doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you can do, and I'm doing it legally. So 
like I, I i've got i've got no problems if you want to go and do that and i know people are doing it illegally as well your choices but if you if you really care that much and ryan this is different for you because you you didn't have a way of watching the mandalorian or you you probably did but you were too busy to watch the mandalorian um, yeah i mean i'm fine with it now day. yeah but do you know what i mean like you know so i so i get that but yeah i i think people should show a bit of decorum there and not you know, as soon as an episode drops, start posting photos and whatnot. At the same time, mm. you know, you can't expect people to wait five months because we. No. Are oh yeah, that's insane. That's just mental. Um, and also, the one thing that I really hate with people when they do spoilers is when they say, "Oh, this tweet's going to contain a spoiler," right? Because that's the tweet everyone sees, so they'll see the spoiler regardless. Yeah. Just because you put that there doesn't stop anyone seeing the spoiler. What you should do is put, I'm going to create a thread and there's going to be spoilers. And that way, if you click on the thread, then you'll see spoilers. That's how it works. It's yeah. not hard, people. I'm not that great on computers. Even I know that one. I mean, the, the one thing I will say is that when it comes to like um, Endgame earlier this year in Infinity War last year, and I know they're on, on a slightly different scale, the Russo brothers were great at, at making sure at least there was silence for a, a couple of weeks. And I think this time round, Star Wars is a big thing. This is the first live action show we've seen. It is quite spoilerific. I've seen the first couple of episodes. And John Favreau has just been sharing loads of concept art like the day after it launches. And it's like, come on. Like, well, I suppose just, just give it a little bit of time. I suppose the thing is, I, I, you know, I guess we live in a world now where people expect that you can watch this stuff almost immediately when it airs. I mean, Game of Thrones is a good example. If you really cared that much, you know, it was being simulcast in the UK when it was being shown in the States and then being repeated at a more reasonable hour the next day. Um, You know, if you, if you really want to watch something, you can watch something when it airs, you know, there are ways of doing it, but yeah, I just, I I think that's a bit nuts. And I, I think, he should know better. And in fact, Disney should tell him better that, you know, people aren't going to be able to watch this stuff as quickly as it, as it kind of comes out. So, you know, have a little bit it, of, you know, uh, as you said, thought. legally it's possible, but it's a bit of a pain to sort. Yes. So, yes. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm going to repeat myself, but I, 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 dare, dare I say DM me if you, if you want to know uh, a way of doing it in, in Europe, at least. Um, but that's enough about that. Uh, I just wanted to pick up on a, something from Disney Springs, just down the road, really, which is uh, Mickey's Pantry's Gone. What? Yep. It's been transformed it into... last week. Well, it's been transformed into the Spice and Tea Exchange. Uh... So that was part of uh, Mickey's Pantry. But they've just expanded it, so it's now taken up the shop. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm looking at some photos of it. There's lots of tea, uh, salts as well, weirdly, and peppers. So, I think they're. I think the the theme of it is still similar. It's just that they've kind of like gone all out on that, and I don't know if that's because. Uh, that stuff was selling more, or the they thing make is, more like profit, a lot of the, 
a lot of like the aprons and oven mitts and plates you can buy in World of Disney. So that that store, I mean, it it was very it stocked a lot of what was in World of Disney already. So I'm wondering if they've just gone, okay, let's stock some stuff that isn't in World of Disney. Though I think if you're buying tea from a Disney park, you've probably got more money than sense. <laughs> Or taste. Um, yeah, or I mean, taste. That's, 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 the, that's the big problem, right, when we look at um, Disneyland Paris, is that they have some great merchandise, but the problem is you go in one shop, you've gone in every shop, pretty much. There's only a few yeah. shops that seem to be specialist in things. Most shops, you can pretty much buy the same T-shirt in, in the shop next door um, for a lot of it. And I do sometimes get that vibe in Disney Springs. So... I, I'm all for it for the same reason as you, Ryan. You know, it's not this stuff you can't buy anymore. Um, it's just it's not repeated in a shop just down the road. Mm. So I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I'm, I'm all right with that. But yeah, so uh, quick change. Don't know how permanent it is. You know, if this is going to be forever. Doesn't say it's temporary, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, did anyone else have anything else they wanted to talk about? Uh, the last thing I spotted was that it's apparently there's a new monorail order. I mean, we, I mean, how long have we been hearing this for? But um, Bombardier, not the, uh, not the beer. Rick Mayo beer, um, have apparently I've been talking about an order that's come in that people are guessing it's Walt Disney World because, I mean, how many other places are ordering monorails? Um, not many. But, uh, Ryan, you're, I saying, mean, you're saying order wrong? Order! Order! I will not let Burko be forgotten about that quickly, I'm sorry. Oh, I love Burko. <laughs> I know you're a fan. <laughs> yeah, massive fan. I'm, I'm glad he's going. If not just for the comedy value. Absolutely. But yeah, apparently um, there's an undisclosed North America client purchasing $247 million in services. Um, so that's either for what they're thinking is maintenance for existing uh, fleet or um, a new order. Order! Order! Um, so yeah, we'll see if it's Disney or not. I mean, the monorails are, and we've said it before on the show, but they're absolute trash now. They are, they're, they're one accident away from Disney of having perhaps the biggest lawsuit they've ever seen. I mean, look, you've got to think, because again, it's, it's undisclosed, right, as you said. But who has monorails? You know, obviously Disney. Um, Las Vegas has a monorail. Mm-hmm. Uh, East, East Haverbrook. I think they've got a monorail. I'm sure they didn't go too well to them. Yeah, we put them on the map. Um, yeah. so, um, but yeah, I mean, there's not many places that still use monorails. So, no. you know, by process of elimination, uh, you would think, and with what we know about their monorails, it would, it would seem that it would be for, for Disney, um, regardless of, of the coast, or it could be for both. Who knows? But I don't know what the state of the, the Disneyland monorail is. Disneyland ones are okay. They're pretty good. So it does, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'd say it's Disney World, if anything. Fair enough. 
Well, let's keep an eye on that. Let's hope we get some actual concrete uh, information on that. Um, two little bits of me. Uh, Space 220 is now hiring key members of staff. So that to me suggests that opening is not going to be too far away. Yeah. Did we get, did they, because I thought it was supposed to open this year. I'm not sure. I'm sure they said that D23 it was going to open this year, but I mean, it's not obviously, it's not going to open this year. So, um, but that suggests that if they're hiring now, then that probably gives us what an early spring release date for that, I'd imagine. Mm. Yeah, possibly seems reasonable. Yeah, so I can't see any blurb on the uh on the job descriptions to suggest when that will be starting, but. Yeah, that's that's my expectation. Um, so there's that. Uh, Dapper Day happened. Now, does anyone like? I, I, in in one way, I kind of like the idea of Dapper Day. I just don't think I would partake in it myself. No, I'm not. I, I mean, if I'm going to, I mean, if I'm going to Florida, I'm not wearing a, a bloody suit. That's for sure. That's that's my thought process as well. Like Paris, <laughs> Paris does Dapper Day. I think theirs is in May, which is a funny month because it can either be blisteringly hot or it can be very mild. Um, yeah, that time of year is a bit of an anomaly. Um, but pretty much any time in Florida, it's going to be bloody hot. There's a chance yeah. to wear your cravat. Nick. That that it's is a very good the, point. But you, yeah, if you say that, I, I, I'm the kind of guy that just wear a cravat anyway. Yeah, I don't care. People will just think I'm an idiot. That's fine. I'm kind of okay with that. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it, I mean, just, it always looks like fun. That's what I mean. That's that, that's that's the thing. That's what annoys me about it is that it does look like fun, and I do love to dress up, and I think that it could be quite fun. But all I can think about is the heat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and trying to like ride Space Mountain in a suit. No, thank you. No, 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 no. God, can you imagine trying to get into uh, Astro Orbiters? So that. <laughs> I mean, I struggle as it is. That's what I mean. Like, I just, I just, I'd split my pants to paraphrase the uh, yeah. our American friends. Uh, yeah, just, just no, not, not for me. But good, good on you for all of those that uh, that do, I suppose. Um, and was there, was there anything else regarding these? Been quite quiet, I think. Yeah, I didn't have anything else. Yeah. Cool. No, I mean, yeah. Good. Well, in that case, we will discuss a little bit of uh, news from outside the parks. The Diz After Dark General News is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit HHNUnofficial.com. So, I mean, I'd say news outside the parks has been pretty much dominated by Disney+. Plus. I think that's pretty fair to say, isn't it? Yeah. What's that? Never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) The worst thing I, I experienced, and Ryan... I think got a little bit of this, but not as much as I did because he was busy doing stuff. Um, is the morning that Disney Plus launched, all my timelines were just, oh, I'm watching Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus is great. I'm like, I didn't like 
go on about Disney Life when we got that a few years ago. Although, to be fair, when we first got Disney Life, it was nothing to write home about at all. It did improve over the months. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, 10 million subscribers in a day. It's that's, pretty nuts. Yeah. yeah I mean, we knew it was going to be successful, right? But, I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. That's still an ungodly uh, amount of people, and uh, it's uh, it's good. I said I, I've um, I've managed to get myself um, Disney Light, uh, Disney Plus, and um, you know in the UK because it doesn't officially launch for a few months. Um, you know I had to do it because I couldn't see the Mandalorian, I couldn't see Land of the Tramp, and all that lovely new stuff on uh, on Disney Life because it isn't coming on there. So I had to find a way, um, just like Jeff Goldblum said it in Jurassic Park. And on, his, uh, on, on either his sneakers or ice cream episode. Oh, and that's, uh, that's another thing. I think my favourite, sh- as much as I've enjoyed The Mandalorian, there is just something about the childlike wonder of Jeff Goldblum talking about ice cream and sneakers that uh, is, is really in my wheelhouse. Absolutely love it. I think something that I will never get out of, out of my head and... Uh, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's a documentary show, but it's it's where they get him to to run on the oh. on the, the pad, and he does this kind of like weird Jeff Goldblum like little like trots like, and it's it's quite possibly the weirdest but most awesome thing I've ever seen. Yeah, if you could uh, if you could run rather than bop, <laughs> yes, bop. Right. Yeah, you kind of you're kind of bopping on the floor. You're not really running. Oh, okay bops again uh yeah <laughs> he's he's quite special he's quite special um so so far i myself have seen uh the mandalorian the first two episodes of the mandalorian i'll tell you why it's interesting in a minute and i've seen the the jeff goldblum both episodes of that have launched so far and uh i watched lane the tramp the show i most wanted to watch the imagineering story uh, I've not yet started to watch mainly because uh, I, I want to, I think my wife will enjoy it and I want to watch it with her. So uh, we'll probably watch that tomorrow um, while I'm recovering from this operation. And uh, I mean, I think the Man- Mandalorian has exceeded my expectations so far. Um, and what I, why I said it was interesting is because I put the Mandalorian on as my wife was going to bed one night because she didn't really show any interest in it. And she was kind of sat there and watched the first few minutes and then didn't move. And it got to halfway in the episode and she was like, look, I'm falling asleep. Can you please put this back to where I've gone to bed? Like 20 minutes in. And I was like, that's interesting because she's not, I mean, she would do that if it's something she likes, but because she's shown no interest in it, that the first 20 minutes of that show had made her want to know what was going on. Mm. And she was really looking forward to episode two, um, which is not a phrase you hear. So well, there's only been two. But, I mean, you know, somebody saying they're looking forward to episode two is not a phrase you often hear from someone who's a fan of Star Wars, right? Mm. First time, I think. That's, that's the next yeah. film we've got to watch together, and we're not looking forward to it. But um, oh, I think... There are, uh, good, there are good parts in it. I recently rewatched. I agree, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we both we, of the first trilogies. Well, we we just 
uh, last night we finished uh, the original trilogy, and today mm. we started on the prequel trilogy. And yeah. uh, an hour and forty minutes into the Phantom Menace, she said, "God, how long has this got to go?" And I said, "It's actually not been on as long as you think it has." But that film does drag. And yet, again, as you say, there are some bits in that film which yeah. are really, really good. Yeah, but, best ever late super fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the pod oh, racing scene. Huh? Pod racing scene is just I, unreal, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I forget how good that sequence, that whole sequence is. Um, but the dialogue is awful. The acting on the most part is the, awful the politics as well it's like oh. who cares well, who honestly, cares I said before I put it on today I went because she said what happens in this one I said well it's about this I went essentially it's Irish bra- backstop in space <laughs> yeah. it's Brexit it's essentially Brexit in space it's, it's awful um, so yeah taking that out of it it's it's actually not a bad film but it does uh, it does really uh, take its time to make you excited for it um yeah. but yeah no the first two episodes of mandalorian i thought were really good you could you could clearly see they spent a lot of money on it um it, and, and more importantly i think for a lot of the star wars fans is it felt like star wars mm. and older star wars as well i think they've done a really good job and i'm i'm interested to see where it goes and obviously it's already been renewed for a season two um, yeah i mean it was it was always going to get a season two right they yeah. built the sets so, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that's been good. Um, I watched Lady in the Tramp. Has anyone seen Lady in the Tramp? No, no, no. It's, um, I, I actually really liked it. I thought it did a good job of, uh, you know, kind of being a live action remake, but making enough changes that it didn't feel like, like the Lion King. Like it wasn't like a shot for shot thing. Um, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was very charming. Um, I'm not, I'm not convinced it would have done well at the box office, and so I think it was quite smart that they had this as a launch title. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. It's worth a watch at least. Um, and yeah, Jeff Goldblum obviously been been great. Um, now, if, I know Ryan has, but Mr. D, have you have you managed to catch like the Imagineering story or anything like that yet? No, Mandalorian I have, but Imagineering's. Um... Not, not next on my list because I'm still working my way through Mr. Mercedes. Oh yes, but, uh, but that's that's next after after Mr. Mercedes, I think. And what? Yeah, and, is it good? Uh, well, Ryan, oh, you, you've watched it, haven't you? Yeah, it's incredible. I think yeah. the it's an absolutely incredible documentary. Um, I said to to Donna, like, do you want to give it a go? And she was like, oh, you know, I, I'll give it a go. You know, she likes the Disney parks. It's not that interested in Imagineering, but yeah, kind of likes one one man's dream when it actually has one man's dream showing. And mm. um, we start watching it. Each episode is about an hour, and both of us, you know, no spoilers, but both both of us were like properly in tears at the end of the first episode. Yeah, um, I've, I've heard it's, that. From a it's lot quite of emotional stuff, actually. Getting yeah. some of the the older Imagineers that they interview get super emotional, and. Uh, mm. The first episode. The first episode is better than the second episode. They're both good, but the first episode in particular is is just brilliant. It's like one man's dream for an hour. Like yeah. you're super interested in it, and you know there's some there's some interesting stuff in there that I think oh that's surprising that Disney kept that in. Like there's a lot of commentary on women not work, um, working 
within Imagineering that much. And there's some odd comments from old Imagineers that don't quite feel right in 2019, and they're from 2019. But outside of that, it's it's a great show, and I'm really looking forward to episode three on Friday. Yeah, I, so I can't wait to see it. And I, you know, we both like One Man's Dream, so it, it's definitely in our wheelhouse, and so we do like a good documentary as well. So... But I mean, what I was surprised about looking, just looking through Disney Life is, uh, sorry, Disney Plus is is the content. We knew there was going to be a lot of content, um, and it's good to see things like uh, gargoyles on there and uh, duck towels and Chippendale Rescue Rangers and, and that kind of old stuff. Um, but also, I was surprised to see Waking Sleeping Beauty on there because I don't know if you've ever seen that, Ryan. Um, no. So Waking Sleeping Beauty is about the. Um, almost like the crash of Walt Disney in the 80s and then the resurgence in the late 80s with The Little Mermaid and that Mm. kind of second renaissance period and um, it was good because, I've not seen it since it first came out, but it was good because uh, I'm just kind of going from what you were saying there about the Imagineering story, like there was stuff that you thought, oh I'm surprised they've let this kind of come out because you know, it shows like how bad things were and how uh, angry people were, and you know mm. the, the 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 kind of uh, you know what forced people to leave their roles and, and everything like that. Um, and Waking Sleeping Beauty, to my knowledge, never got a proper release in uh, the states or the UK. In the UK, I don't think it's it's other than Disney Life. I don't think it's ever had a DVD or Blu-ray release and i don't think it was ever shown on sky i could be wrong on that because they they do show a lot of that kind of stuff on sky um but you know it was it was kind of kept quite low key um i had to pick up a copy of a dvd when i went to france Mm. because that was the only place i I could get a region two copy um but it's it's very good region one copy oh there you go um, but it, it's a good documentary, and and that's on there. So if you if you enjoyed Imagineering story, this is obviously about animation, but it's still uh, a, a good documentary. Yeah, I'll check that out. Um, I think the episode three of the Imagineering story is going to go into part of that because I think it was so. Episode one is basically all about Disneyland, how yeah. that was created, and it kind of starts going into Disney World, and then episode two is. Magic Kingdom Epcot, and then basically after that, the complete collapse of the Imagineering department or or Wed Enterprises as they were called, and basically making loads of cutbacks. Disney was struggling, so I think the third episode is going to cover some of that, and then I think they go into Disneyland Paris next. Excellent. Because um, <clears throat> at the at the end of episode two, they're like, and then the Savior came, and I think that they're referring to uh, Eisner. <laughs> Which, to be fair, to, for, for Disney Parks and Imagineering, he did do quite a lot. Well, yeah, he, he you know, he, you look back now and you realise that actually he didn't do a bad job. You know, one of his biggest mistakes was uh, no alcohol in Disneyland Paris to a nation full of people that have to drink all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, we all know about the, the Splash Mountain story and stuff like that. You know, he, he was quite integral. He made some mistakes along the way. Um, yeah, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't all bad. I think looking back, it wasn't it wasn't all bad. Um, what's, what's interesting from the Imagineering story is is after Roy died, 
just the two guys that took over, and I can't for the life of me remember their names off the top of my head. But they just look like businessmen that don't give a damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's very easy to see how Disney started to collapse when they took over. Yeah, you you see that in in uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty as well. Uh, oh really? Yeah, it's quite. Yeah, as you say, it's 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 quite remarkable because yeah, you think they were running Disney. Yeah. Because as you say, you, you definitely you know you you definitely have business people there, not uh, like finance bots. More than yeah, not not who you would hope to run a company in in that in that way, but uh, yeah, it, it found its way out. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been I'm impressed with the content. The only thing that I've seen people really complain about, well, number one is, ow, I can't find this on Disney Plus yet. Well. They're not Corey in the house isn't on there yet. Oh, it isn't. Oh, for God's sake, I'm going to cancel my subscription. Um, yeah, it, it that kind of cracks me up because you know, Disney are not they, they would never release everything on day one anyway, right? They they need to hook you in, they need to keep you paying your subscription, so they're, they're going to slow drip stuff. And there are some films on there which, for licensing reasons, they've got placeholders for, but it also tells you when they're going to be on the on the channel so yeah uh, the mighty ducks films is one example that i've seen where they will be on there early 2020 um because the rights are with other vendors right now um so you know all that stuff will turn up at some point i'm pretty sure there might be a few notable exceptions Mm. we still don't know about song of the south but um i i reckon even that will appear on there at some point um but uh yeah, I, I think there's a lot of content, but the other complaint has been that the the new episodes, the series they've got on now, are weekly, uh, and we kind of have lived in this culture now of Netflix where everything's bingeable, and so Ooh. people want everything to be bingeable, and so they're a little bit annoyed that they're having to wait a week for an episode of something. And again, I think it's actually quite smart of Disney because I've now got to get three months worth of Disney plus so I can watch the Mandalorian. Yeah. I, I think that's, a, that's why they're doing it because actually as much as I think there's some fantastic classic movies and classic TV shows that I will go in and watch the big draw for me is the imaginary story and the Mandalorian. And if it wasn't for them to, I'd scrap the service to be honest, because there's nothing, there's nothing that interesting at the minute for me that warrants, you know, I, I know it's not expensive, but, I'm not it's in a great rush to go back and watch the old Spider-Man series. Well, you should because yeah. you know the '94 one's great. Although only the first season. Oh man, that's amazing. But amazing. Is out of order. But there we go. Yeah, but um, I mean the thing is, like we've had Disney Life for probably the last year and a half because yeah. we've got kids, and so to have nearly all that Disney content on demand has been fantastic for us. But that's that's the reason why we've had it because we don't we're not getting any of this new stuff on there. So the only reason we've had it for so long is because the kids watch it. Otherwise, I'd have cancelled that subscription. I'd have watched the films I wanted to watch and docked it off. So yeah. no, I, I I get the business model, and you know, I think it's smart. It's a way of getting people to get used to having to have it for periods, and just like everything, you know. You can you can, can subscribe to it until the Mandalorian finishes, if that's the only thing you want to watch, and then you can cancel your subscription until the second season drops. And some people will do that, and other people won't, and that's that's fine. Again, that's what they're banking on, really. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, there was a crash. No, I, I'm... Yeah. Day one, there was a crash, so it did go down for a while, which again, are we, are, were we shocked that that happened? I think any service, you know what, in, in the grand scheme of things, I think their launch could have been a lot worse given Disney's track record of apps and services that are even remotely Carolina. similar to this. Talk about crashes <laughs> early on, yeah. the, disrupt, the disrupted service. Oops, yeah, exactly. did I say that out loud? You're allowed to, it happened. Okay. Um, but no, you're you're right. I mean, I remember when um, the WWE Network launched, which actually um, uses the same technology provider. Uh, I think it's Bamtech or something provide the service, um, and they launched the WWE Network for WrestleMania. So mm. you could either pay twenty quid to watch it, or you could pay ten dollars and get access to the network and WrestleMania. So that's what a lot of people did. And uh, there was a lot of problems watching a live stream, surprisingly, because millions of people were trying to watch it at the same time. Um, you know, it, it happens with all those kind of services and the bugs will be ironed out. And I think you've still got a handful of people that have got issues, but you're never sure if it's their local issues or if it is because the servers can't cope. But I think other than that, you know, glitch early on, I think it's been a successful launch for them as well. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to all the original programming and content they're working on at the minute as well, and there's a great long list of stuff. Oh, um, absolutely. For next year on the way. Yeah. 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 Cannot, cannot wait for that Marvel stuff to drop. Um, but enough about that. Uh, the only other thing I thought was putting newsworthy to talk about is that Frozen 2 hits theatres stroke cinemas this weekend as we record this episode so uh, we had a little chat about it in the group i don't think any of us are really that excited for it personally no but it's not really aimed for us is it yeah exactly um you know i enjoyed the first one i will see it at some point but it's if i don't catch it at the cinema it's not the end of the world star wars is the big december release for me november december release i suppose Yeah. yeah I mean, that's it. I will go and see it because I've got uh, my cinema pass. I will go and see it because my daughter wants to see it and we've got friends that want to go and see it, so we're going to go and see it together. Mm. Um, if I didn't have the pass uh, and I didn't have a daughter that wanted to see it, would I see it? Mm, I wouldn't be in a rush. But like you, I enjoyed the first one, so as long as it's uh, you know as fun as the first one is, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for a good time. Um, what about yourself, Mr. D? Yeah, same. Um We'll, we'll probably go with the girls. Well, actually, girl, because one's away traveling again, but uh, we'll go and speak with them, I think. Um, and I hope it's as good as the first one. Enjoyed the first one. Yeah. Go and see Olaf again. Yeah. And the question is now, how many records is it going to break? Is it going to break any records? Is this going to be as popular as the first one? Or... You know, is this one going to knock it out of the park? I, 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 I can't tell. It's yeah. difficult to say. I, my, my gut feels it will, it will do very well. Yeah, I'm I sure think... it'll do. I'm sure it will do very well. I don't know. It, it just depends. I'm not. I'm not it'll do as well as the boss one. Yeah, I mean, Disney's been pushing it for months now. Yeah. Well, yeah, they have. Obviously, they've got all the toys out, all the costumes are out, and everything like that. I know in the States, I think it's um, Target have been having 
big displays of all the merchandise and photo ops and stuff like that. So they have been pushing it hard. And I, I don't think until... I'm not sure which comes out first, actually, Jumanji or Star Wars, but I don't think there's anything coming out between now and those films that's going to be any competition for it. Yeah, I think you're right. So it's going to have a good three or four week reign where nothing's going to be bothering it. So I think it's going to be, uh, I reckon it will do 1.2 billion globally. Yeah, it's definitely going to cross the billion mark. Yeah. But who knows, we could record an episode in a couple of weeks and talk about how that has bombed like Toy Story 4 did, which still took over a billion dollars, by the way. Even though it was declared as a disappointment. So, (laughs) things are weird. I don't think it's anything anything that can make Bob Iger smile now, other than maybe the NBA experience. He seemed the only person excited by that. You know what? I I meant to mention that earlier on, actually, in the part news. Um, because attendance has, per- has apparently been so bad, they've actually got people trying to entice people in now. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a shock, eh? Prices go up. Yeah. A massive store. Don't we get to the basketball? What could go wrong there? It's $34 apparently to go in there for an adult. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> Who cares about the NBA? <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing you know, is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a very select audience, mostly in America. Like, no, yeah. no real UK visitor, European visitor, is going to give a damn. Why scrap Disney Quest for that piece of shit? That's what I mean. I know, like, just, up, just update Disney Quest. Yeah, Disney, put the void Disney in was, there. Disney Quest was like forty, fifty dollars, I think. Yeah, and yeah, that was much more in my wheelhouse than an NBA experience ever would be. I mean, I like the NBA, but I don't. I don't really follow it anymore. Um, and yeah, I certainly wouldn't be paying that much money to waste a few hours in there either. So, no, it'd be interesting to see how long that lasts. Time, well, however long the contract is, I guess. And after that, yeah. it's gone. If if it lasts that long, I bet there's a number yeah. of remits to hit. Yeah, I bet. Most, yeah, I can, I can Got, sense the world's biggest Starbucks is coming to Disney Springs. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that Apple store that always gets rumoured every couple of years will, will finally come true oh Apple would smash it at Disney Springs it's always been the weird decision to not have an Apple store there considering yeah. the relationship I, I, with Disney I mean, I would, yeah I mean I would have bought I would have bought my beats in, in in the Apple store in Disney Springs way in advance of the airport yeah right so speaking of airports because I think that's us done without the part news. Ryan, you just come back from a mega three-week vacay, as the cool kids call it, so I'm told, because I'm obviously not cool anymore. Um, do you want to tell us about your holiday? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, it was such a, we had such an amazing time. Like obviously, three weeks is such a long time to be staying at one hotel. Um, we are at the Animal Kingdom Lodge for the whole three weeks. Disney seemed to upgrade us that they ever told us they never even mentioned it but we got to the hotel and got to our room and we had a savannah view which is pretty cool i didn't pay for a savannah yeah. view um so that was a really nice surprise i mean especially for, for donna it was it was her like animal kingdom lodge is her favorite hotel it was her real dream to like see that savannah view so to have that was was amazing and it it, it, it is a cool sight to see sitting on the balcony, just seeing, you know, 
zebras to giraffe and wildebeest or whatever it be just wandering around it is quite nice and it doesn't get old even after three weeks but yeah we had a, an incredible time lots of new experiences um i, I come off a few things um we mentioned country bear jamboree earlier and i did this for the first time in uh at least 12 years maybe maybe more than that I was pretty excited because I remember it being amazing and it was shit. <laughs> like earlier in the year when everyone was like, oh, they can't close Country Bear Jamboree. I was like, yeah, they can't close it. And afterwards, it was the first time Donna had ever seen it. And the jokes are in poor taste. They're pretty disgusting. Like for 2019, if I'm being honest, the sound quality was awful. We could hardly hear what the bears were singing. And the animatronics look shit. The whole show is just awful. And honestly, I there's probably, realistically, you've probably got a pool of about 50 people that really want that attraction to stay there. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I consider myself a huge Walt Disney World fan, but that ride is Fast and Furious bad. Is uh, Are you referring to boomers there? Yeah, I am referring to, to boomers. Okay, Boomer. So that was that was a bit disappointing, but I'm now very much on the side of let's just burn it to the ground and start again. Um, but Galaxy's Edge, so I've got to talk about Galaxy's Edge. It's obviously the first time that I've done it. Um, first time I've done or done it. And I was blown away by how amazingly detailed the land is. I thought, first time that I went on Smuggler's Run I came away thinking that ride was a 3 out of 10 at best, uh, bearing in mind I was an engineer on my first ride through mm. mm-hmm. the second ride through I did single rider and it just so happened that for some reason the other cast member hadn't had, had taken a break in sending standby through so I managed to get through with a group of another several groups of single riders so I was a pilot and wow does it, 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 that attraction literally goes from a 3 to a, like 9 out of 10 if you're a pilot it makes the world of difference and I cannot believe how much Disney have dropped the ball on that attraction by giving 4 out of 6 people a shit experience on that ride and it yeah. is noticeably terrible in comparison yeah I, I don't what I don't like and, you, and we've all done it now right so we can all kind of like, it, we've all experienced the same thing. And that is when yeah. you're the engineer, you spend half the attraction, if not more, staring at a wall. Yeah. Because you, you've got to press buttons as quickly as possible. So you're missing out on all the action that's going on around you. And the gunners, I've not done that one, but I know what you have to do for that. And again, it seems like a bit yeah, better than being the engineer, but not by much. Yeah, that's pretty enough. Yeah. And the button, it's a button and it's in the wrong place. So ergonomically, it's awkward. Yeah. And then it really depends on the pilot. You're just, there's no aiming. You just fire continuously. It's so a pilot's ride. Really. It, yeah. It's a pilot's ride. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, but the, the feeling of sitting in the pilot seat, and I was on the right-hand side, so I got to um, jump to light speed. 
and like a couple of times during the ride and the feeling of do, actually doing that behind the falcon is like a childhood dream come true and i walked off of it going jesus that was a good ride but yeah I, the the third time i went on it i was an engineer again and again like a lot of people have been complaining about having ship pilots but if you've got a ship pilot it, it does make the ride crap it really yeah. does like you're just hitting cool. stuff and the third time i rode it the screens were, were breaking so it kept cutting out every oh, it cut God. out maybe three or four times i tweet disney about it they could not give a shit no. um they don't care and, and and i have to say as much as i enjoyed the trip and it's not individual cast members it's it's the, the social media team and, and and seemingly governed by the upper management they could not give the flying shit about guest experience anymore they really don't care no. um which is a real shame and i know that, that craig said that um a few months ago and i couldn't believe him but i did notice it on this trip where even even me again individual cast members fantastic so what are you gonna say no no I, no i just i said you know me and me and peter was only there for half a day and mm. We noticed, you know, and bear in mind, we've been in the Universal Bubble for a few days by then, and the difference in the cast member interaction compared to Universal was just worlds apart. And five years ago, probably not even as much as that, it, it would have been the other way around. But yeah. there just seemed to be a real lack of energy, of interest, people going through the motions. Like, I, yeah, I, it's just so. It's, it's so constantly busy you now. They just had to turn know. it into a machine, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, if you're a cast member there, it must be relentlessly busy. You're dealing with all these people all the time. So, but I mean, we, uh, as you said, Ryan, you know, some great cast members. So we, we didn't have. I won't say we didn't have any bad cast member experiences. I think we had like one, but. The vast majority of them, great. But what I would mm. say is the vast majority of the Universal cast members are not as good. And I think that's the difference. I think Universal's come up and mm. Disney's gone down a little bit. And it's noticeable. Not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, shame. Yeah, it's, you know, that as I said, like, I think it's upper management. Like, whoever's mm. governing the social team, they're obviously getting a ton of messages all the time but that's so cut and paste and you know there was a time where if it, the ride is two months old there was a time where disney know exactly who i am my name is on twitter they know exactly where i'm staying and really you know there should have been a couple of fast passes or a booked experience for the cantina that appeared in my disney account and you know i'm not just saying that because i'm entitled and i'm ex- i expect that kind of stuff but it's little things like that that used to make disney stand above the rest you know we were wearing our happily ever after badges for the entire three weeks and we got what did we get free it was a one shot at the uh, mexican restaurant inside the pavilion at epcot that is it for the whole three weeks and again i wasn't expecting a lot and there's a lot of people saying oh congratulations for you know all that kind of stuff but yeah, my parents went for their anniversary in September and they were getting, you know, free appetizers thrown at them, like champagne, all that kind of thing. And we had one free shot at one restaurant. And so it was a little surprising. Like, 
again, they scan your magic band at the start of the mill. They know you're there for three weeks. They know how much money you're spending. And even when I was there before, like when I used to dine at the Cellier, they'd be like, oh, you know, welcome back. Here's, you know, here's a nice personalised chocolate that they'd actually personalised to us with a handwritten note. That hasn't happened now um, the last two times I've been there. So I, that must be coming from the top down. Hmm. And it's it's things like that that are a little disappointing. But outside of that, um, we absolutely love the trip. You know, we had a, a bit of a frustrating experience in Raglan Road. First time we'd been in there, the dining plan system went down. So she was, she was basically like, you know, you can either charge it back to your room, pay cash, and I'll sort it out later. And um, I, we couldn't charge it back to the room because I'd never put my credit card on my magic band. So we paid cash, went back to the hotel, and I was expecting Disney to give me a Disney gift card. And they paid it back to me in cash, which I was like, what? Super surprised. I mean, it makes sense, but yeah. I just didn't expect it. So, And they were very good at doing that. And they actually said, you know, don't worry about the credits that you would have used. So they gave us some credits for the inconvenience so you know there's things like that mm. the cast members overall are, are pretty damn good but mm. and I, you know galaxy's edge is amazing the cantina is probably my favorite experience that i've ever done at walt disney world i absolutely loved it i went in there three times and had a blast every single time it's too busy they they cram you together with too many people that's the only issue um but the the bar looks amazing. Mm-hmm. The drinks taste great. I bought the uh, the Rancor beer flight for eighty five dollars for the board and and the teeth. Of course, I did on the third time I was in there. I just loved it in there. Um, Donna absolutely hated it. Like the <laughs> opposite, it made mm-hmm. her feel anxious. There were too many people. It was too noisy, and I could totally see that. But for mm-hmm. a massive Star Wars fan walking into a place like that, it was incredible. The only thing that I felt was missing was that there were no characters in there. There was there were no random characters having conversations with each other, and, and maybe that's because it's so busy at the moment. But that's what yeah. I expected from a Star Wars cantina. Yeah, I think I think they I think their mistake was they made it as small as they did. Yeah, like, it is very small. You didn't need it to be huge, but when you've got a, a, a bar the size that they've got in there, they should have accommodated that, and just because yeah. that's that was my. That was my bugbear with it. Is that it is so intense in that you're so closely surrounded by by people, um, you know. And I and I enjoyed it, and I would do it again. But the other thing is, it's not something I'd probably repeat every single time I went. Maybe it would be. I don't know. I suppose because I don't go there very often. Maybe I would. But it it wouldn't be something that every Disney trip I'd go. I have to do this at least once. But I'm, mm. I'd, I'd, I'd definitely do it again even despite those gripes, but I think a second cantina wouldn't go amiss and maybe one that's actually a bit better organised. Yeah, it's it's chaos in there. It is chaos. Um, but, you know, we, we did some dessert parties that we'd never done before. Um, for the view of the fireworks in at both, they're both Happily Ever After and Epcot Forever were great. Um, I had some minor gripes with both of them. Um, we had the best table for Happily Ever After, the, the best table we could possibly get. And there's a tree that blocks any every, every dessert party seat. The tree blocks the view of the castle. And for Happily Ever After, you need to see both. 
and none of you're paying over you know hundred dollars for this ticket and you can't see the castle at all. Mm, now, don't get me wrong, it's the best best view of the fireworks you can possibly see, but happily mm. ever after is a it, it's a story that merges the two. And for me, that was just bonkers. Mm. Um, and I'm I still need to write write to Disney about that because you know it worked for for wishes, perfect. You know you don't need to see the castle, but for happily ever after. It's just crazy. I, we couldn't quite believe it, to be honest. Um, you know, we had the best time there at the dessert party. The dessert's great. Um, but we couldn't believe you couldn't see the castle at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed a bit mental. Uh, and then the Ep- Epcot Forever, loved that. I thought it was a great show. Um, mm, good. It's it really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It massively pulls on the nostalgia factor. So yeah. I loved it. Donna hated it. Um, right. Donna's only been going to Epcot for the last 10, 12 years. So didn't know most of the music really um, from, from within the show. So it had no real nostalgia factor for it. But again, the dessert party was great. We had a, we had a perfect view of the fireworks, but they didn't tell us until we got there that we'd be sitting in a table of four. And again, mm-hmm. I paid $100 roughly each for, for those tickets and you're telling me when I enter that I've got to sit with two people I don't know and I just it's just like I'm paying for a premium experience it's my honeymoon and I've got to sit you know I don't mind talking to strangers but I want to know in advance you know it, instead of becoming a romantic thing you do on your honeymoon it's oh now I've got to talk to two strangers when actually I just want to enjoy the fireworks with my wife yeah yeah and that so it's drive, things like that, that. That put me on edge as well because I'm I'm not great. Yeah, especially being thrown into a situation like that, it doesn't suit me. No, well, so yeah. and, you know, not and and, and Don, Don, again anxiety. You know, she was like, I don't want to do it anymore. We did it, but you shouldn't be going to something not wanting to do it because of that. Yeah, and I think this thing, this is things like that where there's, there was no reason for Disney not to have tables of two there. They're just trying to cram people in and make money. Um, and you know it was cool. After the fireworks finished, we got we got marched from the viewing area over to Frozen Ever After to have a private ride of that. Um, when the ride was completely empty, and I've got some great photos of a completely empty queue, other than the people that were in the dessert party. Um, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, there's just minor things like even paying for that premium experience, and they're still trying to shortchange you a little bit. Um, mm. So yeah, the other big thing we did was the the Wild Africa Trek, which is like the the premium Kilimanjaro Safari tour. So you go on like a private tour. Um, it's the, where you when you're riding Kilimanjaro, you'll see people walking across the bridges like all um, bolted in, so that you know for legal reasons they don't want you to fall into the alligator uh, crocodiles, I should say. Um, so that was really cool. Actually, we had a great time on that. They take photos of you. Well, not of you, but of you, of the animals. Um, the whole time you're on that trip, it's like it's like a three-hour safari, I think, in total. Mm-hmm. So you you do a bit behind the scenes, then you um, you kind of see the hip, you see them feeding hippos. You then walk across the massive bridges, and I'm petrified of heights, so I shit myself doing that. Um, and it was so hot as well, so I was scared and. Um, ridiculously hot so I was just sweating everywhere um, but it was really cool then you get to see the crocodiles up close and um, you can take as many photos as you want on your phone um, 
and then they take you on a little private safari they stop wherever there's decent view they completely stop the truck you can stand up walk around take photos and then they take you for a bite to eat um at the kind of there's like a private uh, viewing area which you can see when you're going around Kilimanjaro, and um and you do a bit more of the safari and, and head back and that was we had a really good time on that i haven't got a single bad thing to say about that experience the the safari guides were really good really knowledgeable um they they would kind of, kind of talk without being annoying you know some disney cast members can be quite irritating um, what? they were they were yeah they were they were really good actually and we had a really good time on that and, and you know what it was expensive it's like i think it's like two 200 plus dollars each 250 dollars yeah. each for that but it's a three-hour tour and we as soon as we came out we said absolutely we would do that again yeah and again it's i mean i know it's different to the cantina but you know these experiences you're not going to do them every time but no that's why they're the kind of price they are i suppose you know if it's 20 dollars everyone would be doing it all the time um it's supposed to be a premium experience so i get that it's, it's a bit like um discovery cove like i would do discovery yeah. cove again but i wouldn't do that every time i went to orlando because no, exactly yeah. just lessens the experience yeah exactly we you know we found out they do a nighttime wild africa mm. trek so we're like oh absolutely let's we'll try that next time yeah because um, i think that'd be really cool but uh, yeah, we also, also did Behind the Seeds at Epcot, which is a $25 experience, but it's about mm. 90 minutes. Um, we had a good time on that. I think it was pretty good. It was, um, it's very educational. So like, if you're a fan of living with the land and you can ride it multiple times a trip like I can, then you'll like Behind the Seeds. If living with the land isn't your thing, then you'll hate Behind the Seeds because it's, it's like living with the land, but on on steroids <laughs> fertilizer but um but we had a, we had we had a good time on, on that that was really cool um food was absolutely incredible through, throughout i don't think i had any issues with you know i heard a lot of stuff before i went about disney's quick services suffering disney's restaurants suffering um the complete opposite was true on every meal that we went to we tried sana for the first time at Kadani village mm-hmm. very quickly rocketed up to to being one of the best restaurants on disney property for me um yeah. I, I think um paul you've been there before haven't you yeah yeah it's really good yeah. amazing yeah. the bread service is just insane isn't it mm-hmm. yeah and uh it's one of the most unusual if, you, if somebody's celebrating a birthday there's about yes. four yeah they come up with the little drums and stuff it's great it's one of the most unusual happy birthday songs you'll get anywhere yeah it's really it is really, it's really cool yeah and um is i didn't know how many credits it was in Benny's? it is yeah yeah it's not hard slap in the face usually <laughs> it feels like one <laughs> and, a crap, and a crap ice cream <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but what was really surprising is I assumed, I don't know why, but for the service and the meal that I got at Sana, I assumed it was two credits. And to find mm. out that it was only one credit, I was really surprised at. Yeah, it's definitely a hidden chain, that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so absolutely loved it there. In fact, we booked it the second time when we were out there and we were very tempted to book it for a third. Um, you know, There were only a few restaurants that we went to twice, La Celia obviously being one, The Boathouse. Um, Yak and Yeti yeah that was one of well. our favourites 
that was the first time we'd been to the boathouse and it was our it was actually our last meal, our last sit down table service meal. And it was one of our favourites. It was awesome. Definitely go back there oh, it's, again. It's it is fantastic. I mean it is two credits, but I mean yeah. if you're ordering something like the crab stuff lobster, which is like forty nine, fifty dollars, something like that. Yeah. Plus you're getting an alcoholic drink, plus you're getting a dessert, and you get bread as well. Mm-hmm. It's well worth it. Yeah. It's it's such a good meal. And yeah. um, Donna was never a fan because she just doesn't really like seafood. But on the last, the second time we went there, she tried the club sandwich and actually really enjoyed it. So, yeah. And that's the thing: if you restaurant. if you're not on the dining plan, you can just pay. And like a burger was eighteen dollars. There's there's a huge yeah. range of stuff on the menu. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be expensive if you're paying cash for it. No, absolutely, completely, and you know. I think there's restaurants like the Celia where pretty much every main dish is expensive, but the Boathouse, I think, yeah, is is a great example of yeah, there's a lot of dishes at different price points. And, and even Sana, to be honest, if you weren't on the dining plan, you could share the bread yeah. um, and, and have a dessert and you'd be full. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Um, so, yeah, it was just it was just a really good three-week trip that you know i took a lot of photos i did a lot of stuff that i'd never done before um the the other side the the, the other side that we don't talk about on this podcast well um, i was going to ask right. you about that because obviously mm-hmm. we've um we've just done our our goodbye to hhn 29 over at universe mm-hmm. after dark so um i was going to ask you about your experience there on here okay fine i'm i i'll happily um talk about that i think i had a had a really good time at universal um we were fortunate enough to be able to get um tickets and express through universal um so uh including halloween horror nights so it, it halloween horror nights was absolutely rammed when we were there it was insane like even the express for ghostbusters was like 20 25 minutes um it was very, very busy, but I enjoyed pretty much every house. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy a th- uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. I know that was a fan favourite and it won House of the Year. Um, but I didn't think it was very good, um, personally. My favourite was probably Graveyard Games. Mm-hmm. That was the house yeah, that scared me the most. Um, that was probably the only house that I got that I got properly scared rather than just jump scared. Yeah. This year. I think this year was not as scary as last year. Nowhere near, in fact. But I did I did still enjoy it. I think it was very, very good. Um I thought us was another house where that was quite scary. Mm-hmm. Um lots of uh, cool effects in that one. But the whole the whole night was we went for two nights. Um very, very good. Road Hagrid as well, um, only once because it is up and down like a yo-yo. Yeah. But what did you think of it? That, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I yeah. Was, I, I think the animatronics are quite weak, if I'm being honest. Um, but the ride itself is fantastic. I didn't expect it to go as fast as it does. Yeah. Yeah. It um, shoots. It really it? kicks into gear, doesn't it? Mm. Um, very quickly became one of my favourite rides in Orlando to be honest mm-hmm. um, you know in recent years with Fast and Furious and 
all this green-based stuff that we've seen, it's a real nice change of pace to see something like Hagrid's come along and actually be really good. Yeah. Yeah. But it was outside of Halloween Horror Nights that the park, the universe was very quiet. You know, pretty much no, no wait times or anything. Um, which is the complete opposite of what we were seeing at Disney. And um, what did Donna make of Halloween Horror Nights? Because that was her first one. She really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Um, again, she wasn't particularly scared. Uh, you know, she got scared by jump scares and things like that, which was, it was a lot of fun kind of laughing at each other when we got scared. Yeah. Or, you know, jump scared more than anything else. Um and I really enjoyed doing that, and she loved it. And you know, I thought after the first first night, she'd not want to go back, but she was well up for going back for the for the second night. Um, again, the crowds were a little bit intense, yeah. Um, particularly on the Friday, it was just full of idiot college college kids <coughs> thinking that they're better than everybody else. Friday um, is my least favourite night to go Halloween Horror Nights mm-hmm. for that reason. It does seem to be idiots on parade. Yeah, and it it was a bit annoying because the Wednesday we did, we had a really good time, and you know Friday we still had a good time, but there were noticeably that there were kind of a lot more idiots walking around. I've never I've, the only time I've ever seen people uh, wheeled out on stretchers or being dragged out the park is on a Friday, normally yeah. due to too much alcohol by youngsters. Yeah, I, there was a lot. You know, there, there are a lot of security in there. Mm. Um, the one thing I will say is that there were a lot of complaints this year from people saying that there were people inside the houses telling them to hurry up. Um, I never, I never really got that. I didn't, I didn't see any of that. I mean, I tend to walk through the houses at a, I guess, a normal pace. I don't run through them or rush through them, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily stopping and looking at all the detail. Mm. Um, that's not what I'm there for, really. But I didn't see any evidence of that personally. Um, which was nice because I kind of went into it thinking, oh God, it sounds like it's really awful this year with that. But I didn't see any of that. No, um, we, we, do, we went early on in the season, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but also I'm wondering if it's just people who have been every weekend who are now starting to stop and analyse all the jump scares and analyse all the details in more, mm. <laughs> you know, without paying for the tours. People yeah. were just like, come on, hurry up. Um. The one thing I will say, what was I going to say, is they do let too many people in. Mm-hmm. It takes away, I think that is something even compared to last year that I noticed, is that there's, there's about, you know, you can see the next five, six, seven people in front and behind you, and it does take away the scare a little bit, and that's probably why I wasn't scared this year. Um, the scariest for me is when we had the Express, and I know it's against all... Um, rules to use express when the night first starts out but actually going into a house first is, is probably the scariest and yeah. one of the scariest times you can go in because you get caught by everything mm-hmm. and we had that on a couple of houses where it was just quite quiet like universal monsters first time we went through that it was with a big crowd it wasn't quite great second time donna it was just empty i don't know why it was just empty and donna and i were the only people in that house, I think pretty much, and um, it was really cool. Um, I still think Killer Clowns is right up there with my one of my favorite houses this year. I just think it was a lot of fun. Mm. 
Mate, it was that was my least favourite, but was it? Yeah, yeah it yeah. was. It was one. Yeah. Of, it was but one of mine I, as well. But for but yeah. for the same reason you said, Brian, it's just that it was the opposite end for me because I, I couldn't work. Like you know, I didn't get a single scare in there ever. No, um, it was it was fun, um, yeah. and it and it recreated the film exceptionally well. But, That's why I loved it. I think, yeah, yeah, and, and, and I I appreciate that because you know obviously Ghostbusters did the same thing. It's just that Ghostbusters managed to recreate a film and be scary, and Killer Clowns mm. didn't. But that doesn't take away the fact that it was still a fantastic achievement in in what they did with the house. You know. I think yeah, and I think that's why because I'd I'd only seen Killer Clowns for the first time this year, and it was still quite fresh in my head. And yeah. to go through that house, I was it was more going through and respecting and laughing at what you know because there are some gags in there that you know from the film. It was more respecting that the work that the team had done there was just incredible. Um, oh yeah, I'm like you. I'd only watched the film for the first time this year, so exactly the same. You know, I was like, oh yeah, this bit of the film and that bit of the film, and they recreate it as well as they could do. Um, yeah, and that's why. So, although I didn't like it, House of a Thousand Corpses did a very good job of uh, capturing the essence of that film, and I'd say kind of expanding on on the better parts of the film, mm. and did a really good job with just how the house felt and how the house looked. It's just that I don't like the film, and so yeah, it I still haven't it didn't seen it. Wow, it for me, but yeah. That's why I can see why it's so high on other people's list because they did a really good job of bringing that film to life. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't watch the film based on everyone's feedback in the group chat, uh, so it's just like, nah, I'm alright. Um, but yeah, overall, I think Stranger Things. The first time I went through it, I thought it was okay. Uh, second time, I got a really good walkthrough, and we really enjoyed it. Um, but it wasn't as good as last year's house. Mm. I didn't think. Season two, but overall, yeah, as good as season one. Yeah, this, so. <laughs> well, this is the problem. Overall, yeah, really good. I think Universal was great. It's it's nice because it's quieter. If I'm being honest, we have a better time there because you can get on stuff. People are uh, a bit friendlier because they're not screaming at each other to get to the next fast pass, or there's not a massive queue to get food anywhere. It's just a nicer, chilled out experience, yeah. largely. Um, you know, and that's not to say that. I wouldn't stay at Disney World again for three weeks. I absolutely would. You know, Epcot and Disney World is mm-hmm. is bread and butter for me, and and I will always defend Disney in the things that they should be defended in. I think the the food is still fantastic. The rides are great. Um, cast members as a whole are brilliant. But I think what needs a kicking is upper management at, at, at Disney parks, and I've been a, a strong advocate for getting rid of Chapek for a while but I really do think based on three weeks in the resort that he has to go he really does he's he's had his time and it needs someone that has a, a you know a creative vision without always hitting the uh, the dollar right on the mark to come in and, and take the lead on on Disney parks and you know someone like you know a bit of a loose cannon like Joe Rohde I think an Imagineer at heart really needs to take it on mm. and let someone else worry about the figures. Kind of like Walt and Roy. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't have a businessman running theme parks it just, and coming up with ideas and, and approving stuff. It's, it's just not working, in my mm. opinion. 
Well, that did you, sounded... Sorry. Sorry, mistake. I was just going to say, um, had you ridden Flight of Passage before, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, we had. Um, yeah. We, we, did it, we did it several times this time around, and it's yeah. still absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. Really, really brilliant attraction. I, I think we had an, an, a new kind of founded love for Pandora this year. It's, it's such mm. a great land, even though the rides, uh, even though the film's not great. Um, and you know what I love about it is I, someone behind me um, in the queue for um, Navi River Journey was mm-hmm. like, oh, that roof is made out of leather. And I'm like, oh. thinking to myself, I'm pretty sure it's not because I don't think Joe Rode is the type of person that would make a whole roof out of leather. So yeah. um, in the queue, I tweeted him and he replied like within 10, 15 minutes. Um, so stuff like that, like, I'm quite, I'm a big fan of of uh, Joe Rodian, apart from the fact that he hasn't fixed the Yeti. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I we did have an amazing time. I think don't want to focus on the, I, I focused on a lot of the the negatives, but I think overall we um, we couldn't have had a better trip. Really, it was it was fantastic just being in a great hotel for three weeks, and it is Animal Kingdom Lodge is still such a fantastic hotel. Yeah, um, it really is and you know all the parks still look fantastic you know there's people complaining that bins are overflowing all that kind of nonsense but they're clean they're great the rise is still great you know there's a lot of construction work at the moment epcot is 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 a building site in particular but there's some great things coming to that park and you've got to you've got to have that construction wall up in, in the meantime unfortunately um but we spent as much time in, in epcot as we we always do and, and loved walking around world showcase uh we loved you know every part of it we did the christmas party we did the halloween party both were very very busy uh, busier than i'd seen them before but the um the parties were still really enjoyable um you know just you know how to, to to put on a good show and everything from phantasmic to epcot forever and you know, it was all just brilliant as usual. And um, it went really nicely. It wasn't like a super quick holiday. And, uh, you know, the fact that we weren't bored after three weeks in the same hotel, mm-hmm. in the same resort, um, I put this on Twitter as well. I, I could have stayed for another like three, four, five weeks and still had stuff to do. At the end of the trip, we were like, oh, we didn't visit the, the new Grand Floridian bar. We didn't take a trip on the monorail. We didn't do, you know, this, this and this. Mm-hmm. still had a, a list as long as our arm of things that we wanted to do in Walt Disney World. And, you know, you, you just can't say the same for, you know, I know Paris is a lot smaller, but there's a lot of work Disney needs to do in that space in comparison. Mm-hmm. Well, and Skyliner sure. as well. We did the Skyliner. Yeah. yeah what did you, cause we've all done, we've done Skyliner as well. So what did you make of the Skyliner? It's, it's scary as hell when you come into that station. You, you yeah. literally look like you're about to crash into the one in front. Yeah. Um, especially as you quick. know it's happened. But um, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great service. It's it's not overly busy. It's very quick, easy to change stations. Um, yeah. I thought it was great. And we, we did it a couple of times and I'd I'd happily I'd happily stay at say Caribbean Beach just to have the, the luxury of the skyliner, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Riviera looks absolutely horrendous. It looks like um 
Biff Tower from Back to the Future. <laughs> um, it, looks, it looks like such a bad hotel, like so badly designed from the outside. I'm sure it's lovely inside, <laughs> but it's just got like two massive light up R's on the, on, on the front. And the first thing I thought was like, it's, it's Biff Tower. What's going on there? <laughs> um, but I'm sure it's lovely on the inside. It just doesn't seem to, they just don't seem to put a, as, as much effort in their new hotel. You know, you compare it to Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, and Animal Kingdom Lodge has got so much character, even on the outside. And mm. Riviera just doesn't seem to immediately emit that from from the glance that you see while changing, um, while, while going through on the Skyliner. Mm. But it does emit some bright lights from the hours. It does. Yeah, it does. Well, thank you, Ryan. It does sound like it was an absolutely amazing honeymoon. Um, not that I, you know, I didn't expect you to come back and say it was awful, but it's still really good. And I'm glad that, you know, it was balanced as well. Right? There was some good and bad mixed in there because I think that's honest. I think, you know, you've got to be fair. I think, you know, it, we, we can't sit on the podcast and say Disney are perfect. Um, well, that's like the reason do. why people don't like this podcast is because uh, <laughs> you know we don't we don't do that. Uh, so there there is definitely a market for that, but this is definitely not the space for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, and and I will you know, there's I have no reservations about booking. You know, I'm, I'm potentially going for a, a long weekend next year, and staying at Disney is very much on the cards um, during that time. It's 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 not going to be a place that I'm ever off it's still the best holiday in the world you know you, yeah. you can't complain at that um i've just got my podcasting slash blogging hat on and then that's when you start to go well maybe if they did this um but yeah it really was a fantastic trip and uh we uh we we're both looking forward to in terms of going back together we'll probably be 2021 for the big the big 50th yeah yeah i think a lot of people are thinking that as well and i don't blame yeah. Let's be honest, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be great. Tron's coming along absolutely fantastically well. Yes. The track is all done. Um, yeah. You can see it from the, yeah, you can see it from the people mover. The track is finished. Um, so quite what that's, how it was going to take two years to do the, uh, the building is, is beyond me, but there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, they laid the last piece of track when we were over there at the start of the trip. Um, it looks great. It looks like it's going to be a great ride. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, if it's you know it's going to obviously be similar to the Shanghai one, uh, and that looks incredible. Yeah. So I'm hoping for a little bit of a, a beefed up version, um, and maybe that's why it's going to take a while for the building to be finished. But yeah, I'd be surprised if that doesn't open a little bit earlier than scheduled. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. I they seem so far ahead of it now. It seems to be the opposite of what Disney are normally like, right? Um, does, so yeah. we'll we'll see. But uh, well, I think that's as good a place as any to to yeah. end this episode. So um, thank you, Mr. D, and thank you, Ryan, for sharing that with us. And uh, thank you, dear listener, for listening. And if you haven't recently or haven't ever had the urge to, please leave us a five-star review or a four-star or a three-star, nothing less than that, please. Um, but it's always good to um, to hear your feedback. So, you know, if you haven't, please take some time to give us a review be very much appreciated and uh, we'll be back with another episode of Diz After Dark in a couple of weeks so we'll see you then ta
Be light up. Why? Because we like you. Kick it! Can't get enough, can't get enough! He's the one, two, three! This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.